Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast, a show dedicated to uncovering truths for your body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren, former TV news journalist gone health detective and functional medicine expert by way of my own 25 plus years of clinical and personal experience in solving health mysteries doctors, diets, and Dr. Google could not solve. As one of the first ever virtual functional medicine clinics in the world almost 10 years ago, I love nothing more than helping people just like you take their health back into their own hands, especially in our weekly BodyWise editions, quick and dirty insights and tips on all the things your questions answered while quieting the noise in the health, food, and wellness world. Today, I want to talk to you all about how to detox from mold naturally, eight steps for healing. In our last episode, we talked all about 10 insights that I've learned over the past four years of just going through toxic mold and mold illness that I think you could relate to if you've ever had anything in your life that's just a nagging symptoms, conditions, things that you didn't think you could solve or would get better. I definitely was there at one time and um, on the back end have learned so much through that. So anytime I go through things now challenging in a given day, week, or just season, I like to ask myself, what is the opportunity here? Because the opportunity from going through an illness like toxic mold illness and Lyme disease was insights I learned not only about like physical health, but also like the mental and emotional ties to illness, really the rewiring the gut-brain connection. I think that was the bigger purpose in me going through a lot of that illness and those, those four years of just really hardship season because of these tools of rewiring the gut-brain connection that I now integrate into my practice that I find to be so effective for healing uh, beyond just you know elimination diets and supplements, which I think a lot of my clientele can relate to running into those roadblocks of doing all the things. So today I'm gonna to talk about doing all the things of how to detox from mold naturally, eight steps. And mold is a wild west that is more on the radar in functional medicine space. People are talking about toxic mold more, are looking into it as being the triggers and root cause of a variety of ailments like autoimmunity to breathing and asthma issues, allergies, hormone imbalances, brain fog, really you name it, skin issues, gut issues. There is a link to mold because it is a toxin. And when we have an overgrowth of toxin in the body or just like an influx of a lot of systemic stress, then the body is and can suffer the effects, especially if we're not clearing out the mold toxins well or detoxing appropriately, whether it's our own body, like your liver gallbladder don't have the capacity you have genetic predisposition to be a poor detoxer, or if your body's just influxed with all sorts of stressors. So whether we're talking about like, there's a lot of dirty electricity, for example, the EMF exposure that couple that with the mold exposure, couple that with drinking out of plastic water bottles with the toxins in our sunscreens and our skincare and our makeup, the chemicals that we're breathing in and like natural and fragrances, like those air flip it plugins, glade things. There's so many toxins in our environment that are not natural that our body's constantly having to defend. So if we're living or working in a moldy environment for some time, we can incur some symptomology from it and hence where mold illness comes into play. So I'm gonna talk about how to detox from mold naturally if you know you have mold or for the future, if you're working up mold right now and working with a practitioner to do some digging, how do you know you have it? Working with a mold literate practitioner, especially within the functional medicine realm, is pretty essential just for fully understanding it. Dr. Google can help get you 
a little far, maybe further than even some conventional care because the conventional care is just going to work you up more than likely for mold allergy. Allergy is 100% different than toxic mold illness. Um, and the way that your body responds oftentimes is more related, seems like more of an autoimmunity to mold than an overt allergy to mold. You can be allergic and have mold illness at the same time, but it's not always the case. Just like you can have hypothyroidism. If you're going to have hypothyroidism and not Hashimoto's, just kind of like if you have hypothyroidism, it's a good chance that you're going to have Hashimoto's since 90% of all hypothyroidism cases. However, if you just have Hashimoto's, it does not necessarily mean you have hypothyroidism. That makes sense. So you can have mold allergy, but not have toxic mold illness. And you can have toxic mold illness without having allergy. It's just kind of like the nature of it. So how to detox from mold? While most random Dr. Google articles will tell you things like taking lots of binders or eating an anti-candida diet or using bleach to kill mold spores. <laughs> That's a really bad choice, by the way, that spreads mold. I found there are eight steps or phases to the mold detox process, and I'll walk through each of them with you. So step one is going to be you want to stabilize the immune system. It's essential, especially if you're highly reactive and stuck in the cell danger response, i.e. like you have sensitivities to seemingly everything. Some people will need more time than others in this phase of stabilizing the immune system, especially if you have something called mast cell activation syndrome, which is another topic for another day. But listen to your body and don't move to step two until you're not so reactive to everything. During this step one of stabilizing the immune system, the goal is simply to release leave symptoms and stresses and flares so the body can be in a place to begin healing if you're constantly on the alert and your immune system is primed at all times or just going haywire like sirens going off then you're not going to get very far so step one for stabilizing the immune system entails getting out of the moldy environment or triggering your exposures the most even if this means a vacation an airbnb camping somewhere different and then your stressful environment number two part of this step would be supplementing and consuming natural antihistamines and mast cell stabilizers. So some superfoods that are H1 and H2 blockers would include things like cilantro, basil, thyme, ginger, and holy basil as well. And these are things H1 histamine blockers, basically an H2 blockers. And you can also take things like Claritin, Allegra, Zyrtec, one of them, 10 milligrams a day at nighttime really helped me personally. And I have found some people will find benefits from those as well. And supplements though that I recommend as a nutritionist, it would be natural antihistamines, really finding what works for you because there's quite a few of them. And these are natural agents, herbs, and supplements that can be stabilizing for mast cell responses or mast cell activation. So Boswellia is one of them, Boswellia Akba in particular, frankincense is also what that is a code word for. Quail egg in a formula called All Clear by Integrative Therapeutics is great. PEA is another, Emirica, uh, which is the supplement version of that. Perilla seed, Histoplux, which is a broad spectrum by Biotics Research, Saccharomyces boulardii, and Camu Camu, which is like a vitamin C. These are all examples of natural agents that are like natural antihistamines for times of flares. And I supplemented, there was a season when I would take them around mealtimes because a lot of times when the body's and the immune system's exposed to proteins is when it's going to be even more primed to be more reactive and not just chicken or fish or beef, but proteins basically in any food we eat. Taking those and then lastly, um, for calming that immune response, aside from getting out of the moldy environment and using some natural antihistamines, will be calming the stress response. So this is where really leaning into a practice. For me, it was yoga. 
and prayer and deep breathing. I would literally like lay on my back and do yogi breathing when I got stressed. Nature and fresh air and being around people who lift you up and connect you, connecting with others. Step two for detoxing from toxic mold while after step one, you've stabilized your immune system is to support your body's natural drainage. Drainage is a code word for your natural cleansing channels. The organs that assist you in eliminating toxins, including your liver, your gallbladder, which would be like excreting bile to help you poo, your kidneys that excrete urine, your skin that excretes sweat, your colon, which excretes poo, your lungs that excrete carbon dioxide through your breath, and then lastly, your lymphatic system and your circulatory system, which excrete waste, the uh, Nile River of your body. They're the channels of your body for your cells, your bacteria, your nutrients, and your toxins to decide what to keep in, what to kick out. So for proper detoxification in general, we need all these channels to be moving and grooving at their optimal peak. And I integrate a variety of drainage supports for my patients so we can support these filters to make sure your body can eliminate toxins. They're not just housing and staying in cavities like in your gut, in your brain, in your nose, in your even vaginal area, which mold loves cavities, as does fungi. So homeopathic drainage supports are essential, and that's something that I will quote-unquote prescribe for my patients or recommend. And there's a variety of companies that I'll use for that. Then I'll also do nasal washings and clearing daily. So keeping your nasal passages clear since they are a gateway for mold spores, especially for your lungs and your gut, breathing them in. So keeping them clean with nasal pure washes, just like those little bottles. You can get them at a lot of natural food stores or Amazon will sell them too. And doing nasal sprays as well. So X-Clear and AG23 are pretty popular amongst moldies and very natural agents. I never personally tolerated any medication ones and that's just my sensitivities. There are some antifungals that some practitioners will prescribe for a nasal, but I use these more as just kind of clearing and keeping my passages clean in the process of healing. Another way to support natural drainage would just be making sure you're pooping daily. If you're not pooping daily, you're not going to get far into a detox. Constipation is quite common in patients that I see. So we want to like really optimize pooping. (laughs) So whether it's through coffee enemas, smooth new teas, digestive bitters, magnesium at bedtime and or buffered vitamin C, high doses of that. These would be all agents that can help with pooping. Sweating daily and moving your lymph are also great ways to support natural drainage. So whether you're doing infrared sauna and working up your capacity, I could only start with about five minutes when I first started. Now I can tolerate it for like 45 to an hour. Sweating will mobilize toxins. So you want to go low and slow. Detox baths, red light therapy, and movement and exercise. Add gentle movement and exercise if your very body's still under a lot of stress. And moving your lymph, ways to do that aside from sweating, dry brushing, rebounding, and uh, walks or taking standing breaks, and lymphatic massages. So that's step two, supporting natural drainage. A lot of ways after we've done step one, stabilizing the immune system. These can happen pretty close together, if not in tandem. Step three would be to lay the foundations. So the gut is the gateway to total health. It's where 70 to 80% of your immune system is housed, and it's responsible for 80% of all communication to your brain. So if your gut is healthy, there's a good chance we are going to feel healthier and stronger all around mentally and physically. So before jumping into heavy-duty binders and killing pathogens with like antimicrobials, we want to make sure that the foundations for your body's good gut bug army are into place as well as your gut is responsible for your immune system. So really supporting a healthy gut ecosphere before jumping into cleansing. 
So ways that I do this with my patients would be ensuring their digestive mechanics are working in tip-top shape, so meaning they have proper enzymes and stomach acid. We want to support their leaky gut. Most patients with toxic mold illness are going to have a leaky gut. So I use things like colostrum, bone broth, minerals, boosting mitochondria as well, which is the powerhouse energy of our cells that's going to help prevent some oxidative stress from like impacting the gut. And I will use a broad spectrum mitochondrial support supplement that I have compounded as well as just really a nutrient dense diet. And then lastly, for laying the foundations, this is where I'll bring in limbic system retraining. So this is, we talked a lot about this in my real talk lessons for the week. So definitely check those out as well as in the previous episode about rewiring the gut brain connection. But that is one of the biggest game changers in my healing. Step number four of eight, after we have laid the foundations for gut health, brain health, and mitochondria function, would be adding in your binders now. This is oftentimes step one for a lot of people in the functional medicine space. And you can see there's three steps before this that I want to make sure my patients are able to detox appropriately before adding in binders, as well as that the foundations for a healthy gut bug army are there because we're about to go to war here. Binders act like mops to mop up mycotoxins and other toxins in the body. They're going to help pull these toxins out of cavities. And I typically will customize the binders depending on the type of mycotoxins present. Types of binders could be things like activated charcoal, chlorella, zeolite, modified citrus pectin, phenotype clay, and then Saccharomyces boulardii, as well as some prebiotic fibers and combination formulas. There are certain formulas that have a combo of multiple. So I really customize it for the patient and their needs and their sensitivities. As the binder comes on board as well, we want to make sure to support the liver and the gallbladder. So in order to make sure, aside from pooping daily and that your gallbladder is releasing toxins into bile, ways that we could support liver and gallbladder just to continue to filtering out toxins and releasing them would be through things like liposomal curcumin, liposomal glutathione, and liposomal vitamin C, as well as bile salts like ox bile. Uh, This is where IV nutrients and the reason why IVs will sometimes come into play for folks is just to optimize your liver and your gallbladder function, phosphatidylcholine, glutathione, and vitamin C in particular. These ulcers can support your immune system, but they really help with your body's detox pathways. I'll also say proteins can be very helpful here. Amino acids and glycine, for example, and certain uh, like meat, like even fattier cuts of meat and skin on chicken, if you can tolerate it, are really great for the phase two of your liver detox. You have two primary phases, and so phase two is what kicks out toxins. If your body, if you haven't been eating protein, real animal protein for a while, you're going to have a sluggish phase two detox pathway. There's just really, I have not seen that in the majority of patients with mold illness. And so eating proteins is going to be really helpful for that phase two. All right, step five, after we bring the binders on board and we bring on some liver gallbladder support would be where antifungals or antimicrobials will come into play. Again, sometimes wild, wild west of practitioners bring these on too early. So you're not detoxing appropriately. Your gut is not online yet. If we're needing antimicrobials, we already know the gut's not online because it's dysbiotic, imbalanced. But if we don't have enough healthy gut bugs to begin being supported and your digestive mechanics aren't supported, your enzymes, stomach acid, we're just like bombing the gut without the resources to defend. So once your body's on-ramped with the immune supports and binder action, antifungals and antimicrobials then for targeting fungal overgrowth and microbial imbalances can be helpful. They act like a firework to clear out any critters we don't want in there. 
You also at this stage don't want to forget biofilm disruptors to help those natural agents bust through the steel walls and coatings of bacteria. So things like NAC, bismuth, and certain enzymes, like enzyme interface plus, rather. Interface plus is an enzyme oftentimes used too can be helpful from a biofilm perspective. Again, it's very important to work with a practitioner on this step. Detox reactions can occur, and it's helpful to go low and slow and have someone guiding that is really well-versed in detoxing from mold. Step six would be to make peace with food. So have no fear. ARFID, or avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, is quite common in those with mast cell activation syndrome based upon former negative experiences with all sorts of foods. So maybe like mast cell activation syndrome oftentimes is just the person that's super reactive when they get mold sensitive to foods, chemicals, to smells, to lights, to sounds, like whatever it is. But a lot of times folks with mold illness will develop and mast cell will develop um, reactive hypoglycemia after like eating a sweet potato, for example, or they get stomach cramps after eating an apple or tongue swelling after eating sunflower seed butter. So they begin to correlate all these negative reactions with food, whereas their body just like did not have the right mechanics to digest. As a result, many people's diets become super limited to five to 10 foods out of fear of how foods make them feel. So speak nourishment and healing into your body during mealtimes. And just because you reacted negatively in the past to certain foods, the more you focus on healing from the inside out, the more you will have freedom to expand your diet and trust the process. So I encourage folks in step six, making peace with food to continue if needed with your dietary restrictions, but begin to expand. So maybe you're doing low histamine or autoimmune paleo. You want to maintain a big focus on ensuring diversity of your diet to start. So within those realms of like low histamine foods or autoimmune foods, instead of eating the same exact things for every single meal, uh, bring in maybe one day you do kabocha squash with dinner. One day you do beets and carrots. Or one day you do cooked and cooled sweet potato instead of warmed because it's a different glycemic response in the body. Maybe you do fresh chicken one day. Maybe it's fish the other So vary it up, even if diversity just means eating a purple or yellow carrot instead of an orange carrot. The healthier gut, the stronger your immune system is ultimately, so the more diversity we can begin to incorporate, the more we are going to build up our healthy gut bugs. And at the same time, as we're healing our gut in the earlier steps, we're going to also expand our ability to tolerate more foods, and that's something that I really work with my patients around too. Step seven would be rebuild the gut. So after you've done some clearing and detoxing of the excess toxins and fungal overgrowth, it's really time to rebuild and on-ramp pump your gut back up to health. During this step, I will often integrate a triple probiotic therapy approach, so doing high-dose probiotics with my patient. Lastly, number eight step would be to detox daily. Daily detox is essential in our toxic world. So doing your best to incorporate and building upon the amazing healing work you've done today is essential here. Integrating as many simple daily detox practices into your life as possible. For me, it looks like I now love sauna. It's like honestly something I do most days as is yoga. Drinking green juice daily, I love celery juice. Drinking bone broth or meat broth daily and then I drink it like a cereal bowl, milk in a cereal bowl. Using fresh herbs and spices and cooking, which are great for liver, especially that cilantro and oregano and just from a microbial perspective as well you could also do like ginger and turmeric just mix it up with herbs and spices for overall support dry brushing i keep a dry brush with me at all times coffee enemas fresh air walk drinking super clean water taking daily fiber supplement like the list goes on here and the sky's the limit but really aiming to build like mitigate toxins in our life is a big part of healing 
from mold illness because we can't avoid them altogether. We cannot live in bubbles, but the person with the least amount of exposures and more resistance to those exposures is going to win out in the detox game. The bottom line of all this, we've talked a lot about the eight essentials or to detox here, would be to believe healing is possible. So I say never doubt in the dark what God told us in the light. And there were way too many days that I wondered, when will this end? And I prayed daily for healing. And ultimately, I'm here today to tell you, never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. And when I look to truth, it's like Isaiah 43, 19 really sticks out to me. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Healing and feeling beyond better is possible. And I really hope today's episode has blessed you um, just with that encouragement and hope that there is a plan. We talked about a lot. This is my practitioner brain coming out and it may be something to share with your practitioner if it was a little bit over your head as well. And that's okay. And if you need support, don't hesitate to reach out. I definitely have programs and work with folks in my functional medicine clinic to help my patients really thrive beyond just symptom management. I'll briefly recap those eight steps. So step one was to stabilize the immune system. Step two was to support natural drainage. Step three was to lay the foundations for healthy gut, brain, and mitochondria. Step four was to add in binders. Step five was to start antifungals and antimicrobials. Step six was to make peace with food. Step seven was to rebuild the gut. And step eight was to detox daily. These can happen kind of close together or some in tandem. Over time, they'll be in tandem too. So if you're liking the show, please don't hesitate to leave a review. It really helps us get the word out to other health detectives just like you. And if you know anyone that could benefit from today's episode, please don't hesitate to share it either. I love absolutely hearing from you too on my website over at drlauren.com. That's D-R-L-A-U-R-Y-N.com. Well, until next time, guys, go out there and quiet the noise in the health, food, and wellness worlds.